You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionalists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. and welcome to the JCN Clinic podcast show. I'm Jessica and this is one of our 20 questions with JCN special editions. Now today I'm joined by Paige Redford who is one of the practitioners at the JCN Clinic so I'm sure her name is familiar. We will chat through our 20 questions and boy is it fun. We have some great laughs and also get into some really interesting conversations. So I can't wait for you to listen to this episode with Paige and let's get on with the show. Hi Paige, thank you for joining me today for 20 questions with JCN. And you are. Thanks for having me. You are essentially part of JCN, so (laughs) it's quite fitting. So what we're going to do is we're going to roll through our 20 questions and we're going to cover these different um, areas as we go. So we'll start with talking about influences and passions and goals. So these questions really resonate with that theme. So number one is what did you want to be when you grew up? When you're a little, little one, little tacker, what did you think you wanted to be? I feel like there's so many things. I feel like I went through so many different phases and I feel like that's probably true for most people as well. Like I remember I wanted to be like like a dolphin trainer, like, a, you know, the ones you see at SeaWorld and they swim with the dolphins. I wanted to be that and then I wanted to be an air hostess and travel around the world um, and then, you know, things like an astronaut and all these crazy things that, you know, I've kind of unrealistic when you think about them but when you're a kid I think you just have such a um, wild imagination so I think yeah I think so many things at one point I I wanted to be a chef as well probably Mm -hmm. because I love food Um, but yeah they're probably a few of the ones that I kind of that stick out in my mind obviously nothing to do with what I do now but (laughs) I love that you wanted to be a dolphin trainer that's fantastic I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that before that's like yeah yes I just every time we went to SeaWorld I was like that is what I want to do I want to be in the water with the dolphins (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) a real mixed bag yeah it's not many people I think that do have just one thing like you're when you're a kid and you're like I want to be this and you grow up and you become exactly that but I always find it fascinating yeah I think a lot of people do what you just said have different points where they want to be different things and then whether there's elements of that that kind of flow into what you end up doing with your life maybe not so much for yours and dolphin training but you never know you are still young (laughs) (laughs) yeah let's not let's not put it put it completely off (laughs) so number two is what are you passionate about which I know is a big question but what comes to mind definitely what comes to mind first is like food (laughs) food and tea you know I love tea everyone knows I love tea because I'm always talking about it but um 
yeah, those are probably the two, like, the big ones. And I think that obviously does have a lot to do with um, my life now and, and my job mm. um, and my career, I guess. So those two, and I guess another one that goes along with that is helping people. Um, I think, yeah, for a long time, all I've sort of wanted to do is help other people. And then obviously that's how I got into the industry that we're in and what, what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a way that I could kind of combine, I guess, those three things that I just meant, or those two things that I just mentioned as well as helping mm-hmm. people. Um, so yeah, those are probably the, the ones that come to mind. There's probably lots of other things like sport. I'm really into sport. Like, um, I grew up, uh, watching a lot of rugby league. My dad actually is a coach, used to coach rugby league. Mm. So, um, sport is a really big one as well. Like, um, rugby league and cricket. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 I'm a, I'm a big, big sports fan. So, um, yeah, I love watching the footy and love watching cricket and things like that. So grew up going to a lot of um, footy games, used to cheerlead for a few of my dad's teams. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you yeah. like cricket? Yes, I love cricket. Oh and God. everyone's like, why? But I do. I really, I love, I don't so much love like test games, but I love watching one day internationals or like 2020 mm-hmm. cricket. I love, I love it. Have you spoken to Carissa about cricket? No, because I only I only found out recently that she loved cricket too. So we'll have yes. to we'll have to chat about that. It must be yeah. I don't know. It's so funny, but yeah, we'll have to um we'll have to definitely chat about that. <laughs> you definitely Common do. That we have exactly. She's obsessed too. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's honestly the best in summer. Nothing beats it. <laughs> Love it. Playing it playing it as well is awesome on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so number three is who is someone that has had a defining impact on your life and I know again this is quite a big question and it could be quite a few people that pop into your mind but yeah is there someone that sort of comes to the forefront that's had an impact throughout your life or at some point yeah there, like there are there are there are a few that I think of off the top of my head but the one person that probably is like the most kind of influential and it's a bit kind of like oh really like that's not very original but it is my husband Andy Mm -hmm. um I just think when I don't know I just he's just my best friend and I think he just makes me feel um really confident and yeah it's just I don't know I think you can only really explain it when you or when someone loves you unconditionally and doesn't, I don't know, you're just so comfortable with them and you just, you kind of know that you can achieve anything with them and that they always have your back. I think having having someone like that, for me, especially in my life, was when I found that was such kind of a huge turning point for me in my life and just, yeah, I don't know, things are just... Mm-hmm. Things just felt better after, you know, I got together, we got together and then we got married and everything. So, and that's only been um, a few years as well, like in the last kind of four mm. years. So, um, how did yeah, you? Yeah, I think him. That's so nice. How did you guys meet? Not that this is a question, I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah, so we actually, um, <laughs> long, kind of long story, but I actually worked with his sister, Elkie. She's one of my really close friends. So, I worked with her again. This is like going back years ago. Um, we worked together in a fruit and veggie shop. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, 
so we became really good friends and then started hanging out together and all that kind of stuff. And then, so I met Andy through, obviously through Elkie and just hanging out with, with her and their friendship group. Um, and Andy and I never really, like we obviously saw each other and spoke to each other, but nothing was really ever there until um, Elkie actually got married in March, um, must have been 2016. And we were both in the bridal party and we started obviously spending a bit more time together. And then, I don't know, you, <laughs> I don't know, you just realize you're like, oh, we have a lot in common and you're really cool and easy to talk to. And then we just, after they got married, we kind of started spending a bit more time, just the two of us. Mm. And we just, like, I remember the first kind of few nights that we were, um, we, we caught up, we kind of, I just went over to his place or whatever. And we would just literally stay awake until like 3am in the morning, just talking, mm-hmm. like just talking about all kinds of things that I never really had that with anyone before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we knew pretty early on that what we had was, was um, kind of special mm-hmm. as kind of like cliche as that sounds, <laughs> but um, yeah. And then, I don't know, I think it was really easy because we were friends first and we, mm. we knew each other so well because we'd been friend, like we'd been friends and we'd been kind of in each other's lives. Um, obviously not to the degree that we were when we were kind of dating, but mm-hmm. for, for so long. So, yeah, it just is really easy when you have that friendship first and then um, just like you trust them kind of straight away as well and can just be really honest and comfortable around each other. So, yeah, I definitely think he would probably – be one of the most um influential people you know person that's had the biggest impact on me yeah for sure I love hearing people's meat stories (laughs) yeah 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 that's kind of funny like it yeah it happened over a long time and then yeah we didn't really realize because I think I think when you're um your friends with someone and you don't really ever think about their their brother or their sister in that kind of way like oh that's my friend (laughs) I was just like, oh, that's, that's Elkie's brother. Like, yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> but something changed. <laughs> sure did. Yeah. <laughs> so number four, what is something that you were really good at that most people wouldn't know about you? Oh my gosh, <laughs> this is this is so real. This is really hard, Jess. Um, <laughs> there's honestly not there's not a lot of things I'm good at. I think um, I'm really good at making a mess in the kitchen. Oh, um, <laughs> I love it. Like a real, like huge, like huge mess. I will literally use every single spoon, like measuring cup, pot, pan that there that there is, and I'll just make a huge mess. Um, I think that's a talent. Yeah, it definitely is a talent. It definitely is a skill. Um, there's there's nothing really else. I I used to be able to speak a little bit of French because ah. um, I lived. I lived in, well, I actually lived in, yeah, I lived in France. I worked in um, Switzerland in Geneva for um, a year when I was, I think I was 19 as an au pair. Mm -hmm. So I picked up a little bit of French when I was living over there because I was obviously speaking to the children. Um, I was teaching them English and sometimes they would speak French. So I picked up a little bit of French, but I can't, I can't really speak it right now. I I wish Mm. I could, but I think it's, it's so much easier when you're, in that environment to to learn the language rather than oh so true when you're in Australia you're not surrounded by that so you yeah. can't um yeah you can't really pick it up you, or, or you can't really um 
practice it or kind of mm-hmm. hold on to what you've learned, you just lose it because you, you start speaking English again all the time. So mm-hmm. that's another thing which I've always thought I would love to learn, you know, learn it again or pick it up mm. again. But yeah, one day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can relate to that. I just so love being able to just immerse yourself in another language. And it is really yeah. frustrating when you do come back to an English speaking country and you just, you just feel like it's just lost. But I just, Mm. I'm just trying to tell myself and be similar to you. It's there. It's just filed right back. You just need to be re-immersed and then it just taps into it. But yeah, I found by our end of our trip in, in Italy, like I would find that I would start even dreaming in really basic Italian words. Like it was amazing how I would just, it just starts to just seep into you, doesn't it? Just when yeah, you're really living in that environment, it's everything that you're hearing. So, yeah, I um, I bet you if you were back in that environment, it, you'd just be like, oh, hello, I didn't know that I yeah. could say that still <laughs> or understand yeah. this. One day, one day when, when we make it back to France and we can all travel again. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. <laughs> so last question in this section is what is something that you have never been able to do well well living near the beach I wish I could surf but I really can't. <laughs> <laughs> um that's probably one thing because as soon as you say you live at the beach or you live you know I live on the sunshine coast and everyone's like oh you must you know surf all the time and and I'm like Nope, nope, I really can't. <laughs> and you think I'd be good at balancing on a surfboard because I'm a yoga teacher. So, well, not anymore, but I, I'm trained to do my yoga teaching. So you'd think I'd be able to balance somehow. But yeah, haven't quite got the knack for it yet. But I'll um, I'll keep trying. <laughs> it's bloody hard. I've tried and I was just so determined. Just like, I really, really want to learn how to do this. But it is so hard like it's yeah. I don't know if you, just one of those classic things that people make look easy and it's just not totally totally and also can I just point out you just highlighted another answer for the one before is your yoga teaching skills oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens yeah. <laughs> very frequently as we go through these questions and I was saying to Carly when I interviewed her that I think as particularly as females, we're not really great at thinking about the things that we're good at or we spend a lot of time thinking about like what we need to achieve and what we want to do next and we should be doing this better. But it's actually, it's interesting that it's a question that we struggle with, but I find as we go through, it's just you actually end up saying certain things that are skills that just are like, yeah, hang on. <laughs> what? You're a, a yoga teacher? <laughs> yes. Yes, in another life. I haven't taught for a, for a few years, but yeah, um, yeah, have, have done that as well. So I guess we could add that to the list. <laughs> so now we're going to move on to the food questions, which we have quite a collection. So number six, which is a, is a bit of a big one, I think, depending on who you are, um, is how has food shaped your life? Yeah, oh my gosh, that is a big question. Mm. Um I think I think definitely in a pretty big way. If if anyone knows kind of my background and you know, um, or a little bit of my story, obviously I'm not going to go into it now because I think it is on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I think 
you know, recovering from an eating disorder, um, going through all of that kind of stuff. Food is obviously a big part of your life. Well, when you are, you know, when you do have an eating disorder and Mm. as well as when you are recovering from it and kind of moving, moving through that and, um, yeah, bettering your relationship with food or improving your relationship with food. So food has shaped my life in a really big way and to the point where I am now and, you know, learning everything I've learned about intuitive eating and how to improve my emotional relationship with food. Mm. So, yeah, it has shaped it in a really big way and I think so, um, yeah, influential in our lives and powerful in so many different ways as well and, and really shape us as well as humans. So I think... Yeah, I think I don't know if that kind of answers your question, but it has in a big way, and I think it's really nice now to have a really good relationship with food because I think Mm. definitely when I was struggling with my eating disorder, when you're in it, I think you never think you're going to get to a point where you do you feel comfortable around food and you do feel that you're at peace with it Mm. instead of being at war with it twenty four seven. So yeah, it's yeah, it's really fascinating that you've had such a, a sort of up and down or just such a sort of diverse relationship mm. with food. Like I find that quite fascinating. Like you're so passionate about food now um, from, I would say, obviously a more positive perspective and a nourishing perspective. And it's something yeah. that you love and you enjoy and something that you share deeply with all of us as a as a team at JCN but it's fascinating mm-hmm. that like you've also been on the flip side of that where your relationship has been more perhaps damaging and not so mm-hmm. great but i just think yeah just the fact that you've been able to move through that and navigate that and um be where you are now is is pretty amazing um and it also highlights yeah. again like how much food can be a big thing in people's lives and for some people that question might not mean much but for you it's it is it's a big one and I think we know we see that with what we do how much food shapes people's lives without actually even realizing it until they sit down to talk about it and I think you know this is something I talk about with um with my girls and we do our uh, intuitive eating um and emotional relationship with food online course is that food is um you know I guess we, we sometimes we can think of it in a negative way and, you know, whenever we talk about emotional eating, it's it's always viewed at in a negative way. But I think if you kind of turn that around or, or flip that on its head, whenever we're celebrating or, you know, whenever we – some of our most joyful moments um, or things that we celebrate, there's often food at the mm. centre of that. Mm-hmm. So I think – Food is such a, a beautiful thing to share and to, to, like you said, just to nourish and to just feel so much pleasure about because it, it does bring us so much joy and that's those emotions that are connected with that are so important for us as humans to experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm definitely glad that I'm on this side of it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wow. Okay, so shifting gear a little bit to some of our rapid fire questions. So number seven, Saturday afternoon, 4 p.m., cup of herbal tea, hot milk drink, or a glass of wine? I feel like everyone's going to know the answer. 
<laughs> but definitely Club of Family. <laughs> Thought it might be. Yeah. <laughs> Number eight, what's your execution meal? So by that I mean your last meal. You're literally about to be popped in the chair. Um, what oh, what would your last meal of choice be? Okay, we'd do something sweet because I have a massive sweet tooth. <laughs> so probably something like, oh, you know those like chocolate, I don't know what they're called, like chocolate lava cakes, like chocolate sponge oh, cakes, like the gooey The mo- chocolate, chocolate molten cakes, yeah. Yeah, something like that maybe. <laughs> <laughs> or... Yeah, it would definitely be some kind of dessert, I reckon. Wow. Or even, like, I love raw desserts. Raw desserts are so delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, some kind of dessert, definitely. Or just give me a dessert platter or a dessert yes. buffet and I'll be happy. Yes. <laughs> you know, this morning, it's so funny you say that. I was going through these old Donahay magazines and there was a recipe for a chocolate molten peanut butter cake. Oh. So when you build the oh, chocolate batter which is essentially just melted chocolate and butter and flour and this you know those things and then you put half of it in and then you just put a massive spoonful of peanut butter and then the rest of the cake batter and then cook it so that obviously when it oozes out you get the chocolate and then the peanut butter and you should see this picture i'll have to send you send a picture of it (laughs) (laughs) would you want to have it with like ice cream or cream or you're just like just as it is definitely definitely comp some kind of ice cream or cream um wouldn't matter that i have a like intolerance to dairy because i'm gonna die anyway so <laughs> just have whatever. Exactly. love it i'm not gonna be fussy <laughs> so number nine wagyu truffle or lobster what would you choose can i say <laughs> i don't really i don't know um if I had to choose one, maybe lobster, but I, I don't know. I don't, they're really rich foods, aren't they? They are. It's interesting. So they actually, are they, they're three things you're like not too fussed about anyway. You're like, yeah, give or take. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll just, I'll just have my, my chocolate molten cake. <laughs> <laughs> not with a side of truffle. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> I don't know. I've never really been into like, yeah, Wagyu, truffle, or lobster. Yeah. Um, Fascinating. Yeah, sorry to disappoint you, Jess. No, no worries. <laughs> I went to, um, oh, it was years ago, it was when Damien and I lived in Red Hill. We used to go to this little restaurant and they had a, um, a truffle night. Like it was a truffle and okay. wine night and it was, um, it was a particular wine maker from Tasmania that we really like and they design the menu around their wines and then every there was three courses and every one had truffle anyway it was really interesting kind of tying those two questions together the dessert i'll never forget was a was like a chocolate cake like a little chocolate moussey cake and it had truffle in it and i couldn't get my head around it but like it really worked like that real earthiness of the truffle with the chocolate it was so good oh so yeah. yummy. Okay, well maybe, maybe if it had chocolate in it, then of course I'm, I'm gonna try it. <laughs> I swear you, love it. Uh, uh, okay, so number eleven. Um, if until this point 
you had no dietary restrictions. So I know you already talked about dairy, but imagine you didn't have any. And then you were told you're intolerant to either gluten or dairy or eggs. Which would you choose? I know it's a bit of an odd one, but which one for you would be the easiest just to go, I can live without that forever? Uh, I, I guess I'd have to probably say dairy because I think there's so many good alternatives to mm, dairy now. Agree. And you can still have ice cream. It's just made with coconut cream or, or other things mm-hmm. or nuts. And it still tastes pretty much the same. But mm-hmm. I think, you know, sourdough bread, croissants, <laughs> those kinds of things. Definitely, for me, I would pick those over dairy. And eggs. You can do so much with eggs. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, I definitely have to say dairy. I love it. I love hearing people's answers to that one. It's so diverse. (laughs) (laughs) So, number 12, what's something that your parents cooked when you were a child that you didn't like and you still don't like to this day? Or conversely, maybe something that you really like now? So I think sometimes there can be one or the other, or there could be two answers in that. But is there anything that stands out? Um, maybe this is why I don't like dairy so much. But I do remember, um, and it's not so much what my parents used to give me, it's what we used to get at school. So I went uh-huh. to school, I grew up a lot of my childhood in England, and we used to have to... Um, we used to have to drink milk. Like it was like mm. after lunch and we were, um, yeah, I can't exactly remember the specifics of it, but after lunch we would always, they would bring us like milk in the old kind of, you know, crates, the, yep. the um, glass bottles of milk with the silver, like silver cap lid kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And we used to have to drink it and it was warm too. So, oh, God. Oh, that was just, <laughs> and you know, I think, I think we were probably forced to drink it because, you know, that's just what they used to do to kids in that those mm-hmm. days. So I'm joking, but um, so yeah, I think that you know, obviously that used to make me feel pretty unwell because I've never tolerated dairy well. But just the yeah, that's kind of always stuck in my head that wow. that was something that I I hated and I used to you know beg mum to not you know go to school so I didn't have to drink milk <laughs> after lunch. Um, Wow. Suffice to say, I wasn't at that school for a very long time, but. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard people say that before. Like, I know it was a thing here in Australia too, but I know I've definitely had people, just when you say it, it kind of brings it to mind. Probably clients at work just talking about the UK and just that yeah. real, like, have your milk, your strong bones, like, get it into the kids. Just this yeah. mandatory drinking of milk. <laughs> just, yeah. Oh. Yeah. And it was just. I think even just, you know, even if you aren't kind of intolerant to, to it or if it doesn't upset you at all, I think just the, um, the, that negative emotion tied into it probably mm-hmm. will put you off it for the rest of your life. So, yeah, yeah, being forced. So, yeah, I know, it's, I know it's linked to dairy again, but that's really the only thing. I think <laughs> we were really lucky as kids. Like, my parents never, never really made us eat anything that we didn't want to not that I remember like I'll I'll have to ask them um but there's nothing that I can really think yeah and we we had a pretty normal kind of childhood in terms of what we what we would have used to used to eat um whether it was in England or back in Australia but yeah there's nothing that I can think that I'm oh gosh why did you make me eat that so Mm -hmm. I think I think I used to like all my veggies and things like that I can't (laughs) remember not liking anything 
anything like that. So thanks, mum and dad, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so number 13. If, is there a food combination, if you could, that you would ban? So something that is combined or put together that you're just like, that is gross. I don't understand it. I want to ban it. Oh, um, oh there's, there's probably heaps of things that I would be like, that's gross. <laughs> but, okay, one thing actually that comes to my mind is like um, pizza – that not, not just pizza on its own, but pizza that's like, you know, like a cheeseburger pizza or like oh. uh, like a chicken parma pizza. Yeah. Like, can't yeah. you just have one or the other? Why do you have to make, make like, put them together? That's just disgusting. <laughs> like tandoori like, chicken um, pizza. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't get that. Just, yeah, just have one or the other. Like, I'm sure, yeah, people enjoy it, but I just don't get why you'd want to have a cheeseburger pizza. Wouldn't you want to just enjoy... <laughs> The cheeseburger as it is, like, they're pretty great as they are. Why do you need to combine them with pizza? Is there seriously a cheeseburger pizza? I didn't even know that existed. Yeah, yeah. Andy's has it, had it before. I'm like, what? Yeah. What anyway. do they do? Do they just put the fillings of a cheeseburger on the pizza or do they I actually chop so. up bits of the burger yeah. bun as well? Can't, can't quite remember what it, what it looks like now because I was probably... Yeah, a bit grossed out by the actual concept of it. And I was like, oh, I can't, can't imagine how that would taste any good. But um, I think it's more so – I don't think there was any there was any more bread on it. I think it was more just, yeah, like the – probably just like a, a, a meat patty that had been maybe like crumbled up and, and put over the pizza and then lots of cheese and, diff, you know, mustard and ketchup and whatever. So Whatever random. they put on cheeseburgers these days. <laughs> oh, that's a good answer. <laughs> Yeah, I can't think of anything else, but I'm sure there's others. I can be quite a food snob, actually. Can you? I didn't know <laughs> that. Oh, like, not in a bad way, but just, like, I'll just be like, oh, that's weird. I'd never really kind of thought of that. But yeah. um, in saying that, I'll I'll give anything a go. I think it's, yeah. it's, um, it's always fun to try to try new foods, isn't it? And, and oh, yeah. different tastes and things like that. But, yeah, sometimes I'm like, sometimes my brain initially thinks, I don't know how that's going to work, but I'll give it a go. Yeah. Oh, no, man, I'm with you. I'm definitely a food snob, like, when it comes to wanting, like, you know, just I want want everything to taste great. Like, every... Everything that I have as a meal, I want to be amazing. (laughs) I get really frustrated when it just doesn't hit the spot. Even with my own food, you know, when you just make something yourself and it just doesn't hit the mark, like... It's so frustrated. And Damien, oh, my so God, it does my head in. He says to me, it's all right. It all goes down the same. <laughs> I just want to punch <laughs> him in the face. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like something Andy would say. But it's like you're wasting precious st- um, stomach space if you waste it on good food, you're like, a bad food, I mean. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that one, Jess. <laughs> so number 14, the last one in this category is the – opposite of this question so what food combination do you want to enforce so something you'd love to just get everyone to have and go you have to try this it's amazing maybe i think i don't (laughs) think it's a food combination but maybe just a food in general which Mm -hmm. i'm obsessed with is Mm -hmm. tahini i don't Um, think enough people are around tahini it is so so delicious (laughs) and yeah, like I use it for so many things. Like put, I put it in my smoothie. Mm. I put it on top of my oats. I use it on like toast, like my gut-friendly bread. Mm-hmm. I put it in 
slices. I literally, I go through so many jars of tahini. If anyone's out there and wants to sponsor me who owns tahini or who makes tahini, then please do. I love um, it. Yeah, I think that's probably one thing that a lot of people just don't get when I talk about my love of tahini, but it is so good. Don't knock it to your tribe. Man, it is so... I had no... I didn't know that you loved it that much, but I... Yeah, I'm definitely... I've been through massive, passionate affairs with tahini. (laughs) (laughs) I actually... (laughs) I actually did a... um, I don't know what it would rate as now, but years ago, I did a um, food intolerance test on myself. And I was eating so much tahini. Actually, okay, short story, Jessica. (laughs) So the first time we went to Italy, just before we went, leading the whole way up to absolute tahini addict. Everything, everything had to have tahini. Went to Italy, had a break from it, just enforced, because obviously it wasn't in my diet. Came back and the thought of having tahini when I got back just turned my stomach. I just was like, nah, just, yeah, really weird. And um, at the same time, I must have, I think when I got back from that first time, I must have had an upset gut or something. Anyway, I ended up doing some testing and I remember doing the food intolerance test and one of the girls that worked on reception at that time, my test came in and she <laughs> saw, she looked at my face when I looked at it because the sesame seeds was like off the Richter scale, like really, really high. And she just kind of looked at me with this concerned look of like, what's she going to do? Is she going to flip? Is she going to yeah, lose it? She's going to lose it. But it was really weird. It was like I had a break from it and then my body was just like, Bleh. but now I like, I have it, I have it again now, but I don't, I, I've lost the passion. Like when you talk about it, I'm just like, that's kind of now how I feel about, I don't know, probably olive oil. <laughs> but yeah. It's just, yeah, yeah I oh, get it. I just love it. Like every time I go to the shops, I just buy, <laughs> just buy more. refilling my jar. <laughs> I'm obsessed. Have you had halva? You heard of halva? No, I um one of your recipes in your cookbook yeah thanks yeah and i haven't i need to i need to get my hands on some and make those banana muffins halva is like it's it's like crack to tahini addicts it's pretty much just like yeah tahini or just pulverized sesame seeds into a paste mixed with sugar and like basic halva is literally just that and then pressed um and then you can get like chocolate tahini where they've swirled cacao through it and pistachio oh, wow. tahini. It, like it's next level. It's so oh, good. Stop. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, I need that in my life. <laughs> oh, awesome. All right. I'm going to stop talking about tahini because I'll just keep going too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to move on to our last section, which is a lifestyle section. Mm-hmm. So number 15 is how important is fitness to you? Um. Look, I'd say I'd say it's fairly up there. I think, and again, you know, with my history of having an eating disorder, I think with that often comes over-exercising. Mm. Um, so I think I, I did used to have a really negative relationship with exercise, but now I really exercise for my mind, mm. um, for my mental health, because I know it makes me feel so much better um, just mentally, and um, I know it helps me sleep better most Mm. of the time Mm -hmm. um yeah so I think it it definitely is important but it definitely isn't something that I'm really strict on Mm. anymore and I really think 
I've really embraced, especially as I'm getting older, um, more, you know, slower types of movement mm. and not kind of, you know, punishing my body and, and really using mental um, exercise, sorry, for my mental health and just mm. to feel to feel good in my body and to feel strong rather than looking a certain way or rather than kind of, um, yeah, having a goal to look a certain way or to achieve a certain weight or anything like that. So, mm. yeah, like I think, and I'm so lucky where I live because we have the beach so close by and we have beautiful national parks. So I love doing things like that. I love going for walks, um, swimming in the ocean. And, yeah, I've really kind of reframed my thoughts on, on what exercise is in, in probably the last yeah, I'd say I'd say probably the last kind of five five years, but mm-hmm. probably even longer than that. But um, yeah, it's important, but I think it's it's not as important as other things. Like I think rest is definitely definitely important, and mm-hmm. I think very much um, underrated when it comes to our health. So I think mm, so true. Yeah, rest, and especially for me with you know um, <laughs> other things that have been going on in my life lately. Uh, yeah, rest has been something that I've really been prioritizing. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and and as you just said, just those different exercise comes in all different forms, and finding exercise that is restful as well. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, fitness can be for so many people more about flogging themselves, and um, yeah, there's ways of embracing it in all different shapes and sizes that can be beneficial and you've you've again kind of woven through that space and now in a a really Mm -hmm. positive space with it and using it for the benefits of your mental health as well yeah like Mm. don't get me wrong I've definitely been been in a place where I have you know done crazy intense training Mm. like I did crossfit for years and I I did crossfit um competitions and all all kinds of crazy things Mm. like that but yeah, I think you just get to a point where you can't push your body, you know, your body starts telling you, okay, yeah. I'm not really, this isn't good for me anymore. Yeah. I'm not really enjoying this. You need to, to stop and, and, and really think about what you're doing and, and maybe back off a little bit. Um, yeah. So I think I've definitely been, yeah, been in those places where I have kind of probably overexerted myself and, and flogged myself a little bit mm. too hard and then mm. realized that I was probably doing more harm than good. And I think that can work so well for some people like some people thrive on that kind of training and and that's amazing for them but Mm. I think true like don't feel guilty if you're listening to this and you're like oh gosh like I train like that and I don't feel good you don't have to like there are so many different ways that you can move your body Mm. that don't involve like flogging yourself or, or you know pushing yourself to breaking point you can do you can enjoy what you're doing when you're exercising as well exactly so true yeah okay number 16 so long weekend at Gwingana lifestyle resort or with the girlfriends at the beach which would you choose what's your go-to definitely (laughs) beach with the girlfriends (laughs) definitely like I'm sure Gwingana Gwingana would be amazing as well. I actually did um, a little bit of, what would you call it, kind of work experience, I guess, at one of those health retreats mm-hmm. um, years and years and years ago. And it was awesome, but definitely, yeah, girls at the beach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Therapeutic in its own right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh, so much so. And just, yeah, just being out in 
nature and you know having having good good chats and good laughs and yeah yep. I don't think you can beat that <laughs> <laughs> so number 17 would you rather get up early or stay up late definitely get up early I'm such a nana like I'm <laughs> I'm in bed by like nine if, if I'm if I'm awake after nine o'clock <laughs> something is up <laughs> oh really yeah not too much lately because I've had a bit of issues with my sleep but definitely I'm such a nana so definitely and I'm I, I love being up in the morning um you know if if I'm up before the sunrise then I'm a happy person and I just mm. feel like I I my brain works best in the morning too like I I'm more productive I can get mm. more things done I feel a lot more clear in my head whereas you know after say four or five o'clock I'm so done like <laughs> um yeah you won't get you won't get a good conversation <laughs> out of me after that time <laughs> yeah I'm so oh it's it's been hard down here with the change in like the obviously with being in ISO but also just even the weather and the fact that it's just darker for longer here like the sun doesn't come up till seven it's getting better but particularly being in a valley like yeah you can't like I I could have got up and got up early and then go to the gym before but now I can't go to the gym and I'll like want to exercise outside but it's pitch black but like it's just really bizarre so but it's kind of it's pushed us into a later cycle. So now instead of getting to bed as early, it's like staying up a little bit later because it's like you can't get up as early. But I'm so excited about the days slowly getting longer and the sun slowly coming up earlier. So I can just be like, yes, sunlight is here. It's like six o'clock and the sun's out. I'm going to go let out the chickens and <laughs> get yeah, to it. Yeah, I know. Bring on summer when the sun's coming up earlier and we can... Well, I can go to the beach, not so much you down there, Jess, but <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for that. So number 18, would you rather not brush your teeth for a week or not shower for a week? Oh my gosh, that's a hard one. Can I brush my teeth in the shower? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, Cheater. I feel like I've found a way around this. Question. No, um, maybe... I think definitely I would have to say I would rather not shower. Like mm-hmm. I, I need to brush my teeth. Mm-hmm. That, that would just feel completely gross. And you can get away with not showering. Like there's there's wet wipes. There's there's <laughs> things around. There's ways around that. <laughs> exactly. There's not really any way around brushing your teeth. I don't think. Like I just think you need to brush your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'd have to say that. Number nine. I can swim in the ocean, so that's a, oh, that's yes. enough as a shower for me. <laughs> of course, that's so true. Yeah. So number nineteen, what is most possibly the most annoying thing ever? Anything that just really just grates you could be something you know, really small. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what does what does annoy me is when people don't say thank you. And I know that sounds really weird, but. <laughs> Like when you're crossing a road or um, or you, you hold a door open for someone mm. or you, you let someone – something, you, you do something for someone and all it takes – it's not like you're wanting them to give you a medal or you're wanting <laughs> a big pat on the back. 
all you have to say is thank you, but they don't. Like, I sometimes, in my head, I don't often say it out loud because I feel too rude, but I'll say, like, if they don't say thank you, I just feel like saying back to them, you're welcome. Like, it's not that hard to say thank you. <laughs> Am I right? So true. No, I'm with you on that one. I would love I just, to see you just turn around to someone and go, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly how I feel. Like, I think I think this came up the other day when we were, um, Andy and I were, like, um, climbing up Mount Coolum. And sometimes, you know, on when you're hiking on your, or you're on a mountain, the, the path gets really narrow. So you, you mm-hmm. do have to stop, you know, to let other people pass. Yes. And the amount of times we stopped and let other people pass and – you know, I could count on one hand that people really or like they don't even acknowledge you. Oh. I, I'm happy with just a look and a smile. Like you don't have to say thank you if you don't want to open your mouth. But <laughs> don't keep looking down at the ground as if we don't even exist. I don't get that either. I don't know. I think I was yeah. I was obviously brought up to to use my manners, but <laughs> I know it sounds very old school of me to say, but I just think it's it's not that hard to say thank you, people. Please. <laughs> I almost think that I don't want to lead you, but I think you might have just come up with the answer to number 20. So our final question is, if you could write a new law that everyone in the world had to follow, what would it be? Oh, yeah, probably saying thank you. <laughs> I, th- I think too, actually, something that, um, something that I guess is, y- yeah, I guess you could say it is quite important to me would be... Um, and I don't know what you call it exactly, but that photoshopping could be banned uh, or, or like anything to do with changing, Yes. especially women, the way our bodies look or the way our faces look or changing mm. anything to do with, you know, like what you see in a magazine is not what you see in real life. I think it's getting better. I think there's obviously a lot more awareness and a lot more, um, yeah, I guess awareness is the right word around that now and things like social media have obviously helped that hugely. But I think if if that's one thing I could, you know, make a law against mm. is that photoshopping or, or I don't know what you call it, like contouring of faces or whatever. Mm. I think if we could ban that, then the world would just be, you know, a, a better place. And I know that's <laughs> that sounds a bit crazy when there's so much going on in the world right now that that's probably more important, but... Um, yeah, I think for me and, and like the work that we do and, and what mm-hmm. I'm passionate about in this space, it would definitely be that. That's really interesting. So fascinating. Yeah. I think um, it's it's funny too, even you saying like, just what do you call it? Because the thing is, there's so many ways to do it now. Like in the old days mm-hmm. with magazines, I think it, you just say, oh, air, airbrushing in magazines. Yeah. but. Now it's like there's all these apps, isn't there? Like, yeah. yeah, contouring and I don't even know what they're called. Like, just all these. Or face, is there one called Facetune? Like, yeah, it's yeah, crazy how much there is that's there. So, yeah, I actually think that's um, – I can't even imagine like if something like that was actually enforced. <laughs> it, yeah. would, um, it would be pretty fascinating. Mm. Yeah, because I just always think, you know, I think about myself and uh, again, sorry to go back to, to, to kind of my past experiences, but I think I am so, so thankful. And this is just the time that I was in and, you know, the age that I went through what I did, but there wasn't really social media back then. Mm. And I think 
I just I just can't imagine how how hard it is now for people going through things like eating disorders and body dysmorphia and because of social media like I think it just adds a whole nother dimension to it that I'm so lucky I didn't have to kind of deal with or, or grapple with because I just can't even begin to imagine how insanely difficult that must be mm, yeah exactly that's actually the end of the 20 questions so thank you so much that was really like interesting and fascinating as always like it's i just love how you 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 know someone right like i I, I know you (laughs) but then there's these little pearls that just pop in i'm just like i had no idea um and i just love it and i love I love seeing the difference, like just the things that are you and define you and the way some of these questions really light you up or push you down a different pathway as opposed to someone else. Like it just, it's really, I just, I love seeing how different we all are as human beings. Yeah, me too. It's really, it's really interesting to see how, you know, things throughout our life shape us or, um, yeah, change certain things about us or what we value or yeah, what we love. It's really interesting. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me for this session of 20 Questions with JCN. I had an absolute blast chatting to Paige. Um, She is such a pleasure. She has such an amazing big heart and I just feel like it emanates through the podcast. We are so lucky to have her and I'm sure that you got a lot out of this interview So if you have anyone else that you'd like to hear from in regards to 20 questions, please feel free to DM me, but I do have a list of some people that I will be bringing your way in between our regular episodes. If you'd like to find out a little bit more about some of the topics Paige mentioned, like her emotional eating workshop, I will pop that in the show notes along with some of the other podcasts she's been involved in. Okay, thanks. And I'll see you next time.